Welcome to Being Bold, the podcast that talks about uh, the journey of business development. Today we have Tyler Copenhaver. He um, joining us. He is a serial entrepreneur, and I I want you to hear his fabulous story about how he's developed his businesses and what he's gone through. Welcome, Tyler. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much for being here, and thanks for remembering all my names. <laughs> Not the easiest thing. <laughs> it's just like mine. Mine is Cecilia Hageman Younger, oh, and yeah. most people don't remember the Hageman, and they'll just say Younger or or they don't remember Younger, which I don't understand that one. Yeah. But um, anyway, so tell me about you being a serial entrepreneur. Yeah, I mean... I would love to say that, you know, like some of my people that I look at, you know, and, I, and by the way, you should never look at one entrepreneur and say, I want to be just like them because there's pieces of entrepreneurs you should take. Right. And so uh -huh. some people do amazing things at some things. Some people are amazing at other things. And so I take pieces of people, right. That I've seen that have been successful in the entrepreneurial world. And a lot of them say like, I knew at birth or I was selling candy bars at two, three years old, or, you know, like I was doing, I wasn't that way. I, I, um, my story is a little bit different. I grew up a welfare kid, a father in prison. And I, uh, I think, and I just read a book outliers by Malcolm Gladwell. Oh yes. it, yeah. It kind of like really defined this something that I've always kind of felt. We have this mentality when we're raised, um, in poverty, that is really something that we have to get over in life before we can start seeing things that we want from life, right? And so for me, there was no destiny in being an entrepreneur because I didn't think that was somebody of my station, right? I was kind mm -hmm. of putting my place a little bit mentally. Um, and so that would be like the first message I have is you can do anything you want, right? Like okay. I, I firmly believe that anything you want, especially in this country, we're so blessed. Mm -hmm. We won the lottery by winning, being here because all we have to do is work hard and we can have what we want. That's so true. I think the beauty of America is that you can make a mistake and you can come back from it. Totally. Absolutely. Yeah. And there's a you, lot of ways to do that. Yeah. And you don't have to stay at your station or the station that you think you're at because you can always develop yourself and do something else. True. And you, but you have to fight for it. And that's what yeah. kind of Malcolm Gladwell's point to what I took from it. He's got two people that have genius IQs. Why was one successful and one wasn't? And really it was advocating for yourself and not taking a no, you know? And so like, I think there's this point where you have to like eventually get over being the beat down, you know, this is my station in the world. This is my pauper mind. We don't live in a kingdom anymore with a king and we have to be peasants. We can have anything we want, you know? And that's mm -hmm. what's amazing about it, you know? And, and quite honestly, the world loves an underdog story anyway. <laughs> so like, if you can utilize that, you know, and get some hunger in you, then I think you can be more successful than most people that have had better um, platforms to bounce from, you know, and resources. Yes. From. So I don't want to digress too much off business, but I feel that's <laughs> such an important part. And like my message a lot these days is to kids that don't think they can have this because you can have it, you know, like you can have it if you want it. So you're going to have to work harder. There's no doubt. You're going to have to suffer a little bit more. You're going to have to give up a little bit more, but you can have it. So right. So I was going to uh, school, I was studying biochemistry and I was uh, also working full time. And then I decided to, uh, that I was gonna, I wanted a cool car, you know, like I, mm -hmm. I, everybody else had a cool car, I wanted one. And so I didn't have enough money to buy one. So I thought I would build one. And so I would buy these uh, classic cars, American classic cars out of people's backyards that looked like garbage. And I would slowly but surely fix them up a couple hours a week I had. Um, 
and then they would become something and people wanted them and quicker than I would like, they would take off. And so um, I lived in Scottsdale at the time and Scottsdale said, hey, um, you can't be stripping car paint off in your driveway, you know? And so mm -hmm. this was kind of like my turning point and my begrudgingly pushed into business because oh. I was doing all right, flipping the cars by myself. And, you know, uh, um, it was tough because my dad was living with me too. So I was supporting both of us on my income. And so not only was I risking my life a little bit and there was no place for us to go if I failed, um, but I was risking his too. But that being said, we took the risk and uh, I found a place to rent. I knew I couldn't afford it. And so I um, lived there. Uh, we lived in a rat infested building. Um, we lived oh. off about $50 a week in beans and rice diet. <laughs> and <laughs> and uh, we, uh, we opened the doors and my plan was to sell um, and flip. I call them uh, drivable classic cars. I wanted people to have history on the road and that they would mm -hmm. drive. And um, that quickly grew. And so my, I guess my um, result was like, I was afraid to go into business. I didn't know anything about it. I didn't know what taxes to pay. I didn't research the market. I have an MBA now. I know how to check all these things these days. You know? <laughs> and I didn't even think about the type of business to open. It just made the most sense because I kind of fell into it, right? And one of the biggest analysis is uh, the last couple of years for me is really analyzing the ideation step of your business, right? I don't want to get too far mm -hmm. off the road, but I think it's so, so important. If you can build a company that is also your mission in life, life mm -hmm. gets easier. I know it sounds hippie-ish and things like that, but if you're going to build a company anyways, if you're going to put the time into building a company, study that this is your mission too. There's a great book, um, Man's Search for Meaning by Viktor Frankl. And I just read that. Did you really? That's yeah, amazing. I did. It, it was. But um, I like the whole alignment of your mission with your company. Yeah, and, and that's the, as much as I don't want to talk bad about my company. You know, I spent a lot of years there. We made really good progress. Um, we were, I mean, we, I was at board meetings of major companies uh, to partner with them. We did some work for the Rolling Stones. We did some, I can name off a ton, WWE, CNN, you know, Facebook, by all and we actually had tremendous growth. We doubled every year in size. We got to do a lot of cool things, got to build mm -hmm. a lot of cool cars. We we're the only one-stop shop in the entire world. I would just keep adding on components of business to this business. And so mm -hmm. we did powder coating, we did paint, we did manufacturing, we did anything you could think of in the car world. We had the largest dyno for um, testing race cars in the United States or in the Western United States. Mm -hmm. We did it all, but it wasn't my mission. Right. And that's what I realized looking backwards. I'm a person that can't help but put his all into something. And what I was putting my all into might not have been the right thing because mm -hmm. it was a cool business. And by everybody's um, assumption, a win and a dream job and everything else, but it didn't align with who I was as a person. I got into biochemistry because I wanted to make a difference in the world. You know, I thought I was going to go into med school, you know, and I was very close to finishing things up. And I thought I was going to spend two years in this business, go to med school, pay for it with this business and move on and do some good in the world. When you're in this first world business and all of a sudden almost 10 years has gone by and you're like, what good am I really doing for the world in this business? you start to really analyze that. And so I'm looking at businesses that are amazing that I value, you know, like Pixar for one is one of my favorites. I'm like, this is a company that literally makes kids happy. You know, like they're a company that makes a bunch of money because it's important to have resources in life. I'm not saying be poor, but they also <laughs> do amazing work and they 
provide happiness, you know? And I'm like, yeah. so I spent 10 years and I've suffered more than anybody ever met for my business. You know, I, even after the business grew, you know, and like we had luckily room to grow where we were at and we absorbed all these three different, five different properties there. And then we had necessitated open a uh, second location. We were even looking at a third location because we were growing so fast. Even when we're a million dollar company, I lived on the back lot in a trailer with no running water, no hot, uh, no wow. AC, just so I could plow money back into the business, you know? And so huh. while I was doing that, that suffering for the business, whatever you want to call it, uh, I realized I could have been creating Pixar, you know? And that was a uh -huh. defining moment for me too. It's like, if you're going to start a business, if you're thinking about this right now, first of all, you can do anything you want. That's rule number one. Uh -huh. Number two, analyze this and think about in 10 years, what is this going to be? Because my business was a big dream built in a small box. You have to learn to analyze the business and you have to learn what the mission of the business is. My business was a very first world business. We're not going to carry cancer in it. You know, uh -huh. sure, we can pimp a car out, you know, like I can make <laughs> you the coolest 1960s uh, continental you ever saw, you know, it'll head turn, you know, like no other. But what impact are you truly having on the world? Because it's only so long before you start to fill that need. And maybe that's just me. You know, I, I, I say, if you're going to open a business, have it be a good mission. If you're going to open right. a business that cure, cures cancer and offsite or some collateral ness that's mm -hmm. amazing, you know, happiness, whatever it is, whatever you feel of value and even a car shop to you can feel valuable. There's no, there's no doubt about that. If you can open that business or you can open one, sells loans to poor people and charges high interest rates to make money. The choice is simple to me. You know, when you're analyzing your business before you get to the financial part, before you get to the marketing part, before you get to the whole business plan, Mark, analyze this and where you want to be and analyze the mission because it'll make it so much easier. Oh, okay. That's, and I, I, I think that's really interesting that you're saying that you should analyze really um, your business and how it really um, reflects you and what you want to do. Because what I found just talking with people and with my own self is that if you're not passionate about it, you're gonna stop doing it and do something else, or yeah. you just won't be happy because it's you're doing it and you don't find the meaning in your own life or happiness in your own life. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I guess I hit that message kind of hard because the I feel like the, um, the opposite message is getting put out there these days. It's like, just open a business, you know, and then you can make money and work your own hours and, you know, and you'll find out very quickly, especially if you start from nothing, it's not that way, you know, right. it's going to be a while. I mean, I didn't have to live in a trailer in the back lot when we were a million dollar company, but if I wanted to, as a self-funded shop, continue to beat my competition, continue to grow, continue to buy equipment, any edge that I could get, I had to take. Right. Mm -hmm. So, um, so my point is really analyze the business for what it is first, because there's a lot of ways to make money, right? And there's right. a lot of ways to make money. And so if, if you're in business, I, I say be efficient, you know, like have it be a mission too. And then it's so much easier, you know, right? If you feel like what you're doing is good work as Steve Jobs mm -hmm. defines it, you know, like it gets so much easier. It does. So, so what are some of the mistakes that you made and how did you overcome them? Oh man, I'd have to choose. Uh, 
so many, you know, like I just, I, like getting into it in general. I mean, I guess I beat a dead horse, the choice in the business first off, you know, and um, um, was a big, I think, I think I should have thought more about that. Um, and then thinking about what you want your business to become is really important. If you start a business that you want to be the next Microsoft and, and dream big, you know, small dream, small business, big dream, big business, you know, dream as big as you possibly can, but realize and analyze the business that you're starting. What kind of box does that fit in? My business was never going to become the next Microsoft, you know, like it, employees are a problem. I can only find so much skilled labor to grow in this world. You know, like the custom world by default is not processable very well, you know? And so I guess what I'm getting at, the biggest mistake was rule one, I wanted a huge business and I opened a small business. So really open, if you want to shoot for the stars, get into business that is easy to shoot for the stars in, right? So, um, so that was a, a big mistake I made. I made every mistake along the way too. You know, I, I made a mistake keeping employees um, when I shouldn't uh, because of loyalty. I made mistakes. Um, oh man, uh, I've made so many, it's hard to pinpoint them, but I learned from every single one of them, right? I mean, one of my first kind of more interesting stories was in insurance because I didn't know. You know, I started uh, a business and I had, I, I was bootstrapping and I had no money. And so I went without insurance Ooh. <laughs> and, uh, um, and I would implore you not to do that, but I didn't know any better at the time. And uh -huh. so, um, and then when finally I escaped that because um, we, we had enough money where I uh, finally got insurance. But then when I was reaching out about insurance, I got garage keepers insurance, right? That makes sense for me, for what we did. Mm -hmm. And little did I know I would buy a paint booth a couple of years later on a property I didn't own at an auction and a guy that didn't work for me would sue me for falling off a roof and changing his injury six times. And I would end up having to pay this lawsuit off. So that was my first lesson wow. in what liability insurance is. So I implore you, find a good insurance company and get liability insurance, have a discussion with them around um, what kind of insurances are good for your business. And not only that, I've, I've also had, you know, a building burn down. A location burned down, which caused mm -hmm. its own troubles. That's a, that six months that I could tell you about is enough to probably keep most people in business out of business, <laughs> you know, just telling <laughs> me that story. But um, the point here is you have a good insurance company too, because insurance companies can be good and they can help you and take care of you. And you need good advocates in business to support you. You need good support in CPAs. You need good insurance guys. You need good lawyers. You need all these good people, right? there's just as many bad ones out there. And so our insurance company still owes us a million and a half dollars. They made it a nightmare to collect the insurance. So mm -hmm. not only that, but they took me out of my business every single day for a month and a half investigating the uh, fire. So they pinpointed what it was and what I didn't realize at the time is they're, they're taking that much time to pinpoint what it was, not because they don't believe you or any of that. Like it's pretty easy to find out where the fire comes from, mm -hmm. but they want somebody to sue. So if you bought a power drill from Walmart, oh, I shouldn't say Walmart, I don't wanna get sued. A power <laughs> drill from some store, uh, <laughs> see, you have to learn all these stuff over there. <laughs> from some store, you buy a, a, um, a power drill and that happens to cause the fire, they're, buy, they're suing the power drill company, they're suing that store and that's what they're looking to do because they oh. want to cover their loss. Mm -hmm. So. The other thing is if they want to make your life a nightmare to collect your money, they will, you know, if they, if they want to basically put you on trial for your um, uh, lawsuit, they can do that. 
So they can demand your cell phone records. They can demand that you come in and basically come to what is called, I forget the verbiage for it, but it's basically like being on trial for your lawyer. And they can put you through the ringer to get paid for your own insurance claim that you've been paying thousands of dollars for years for. So, and that's really sad. So vet your um, uh, people and make sure you have good people that are surrounding you that are these support systems. Get a good insurance okay. Actually, that's a good tip because um, I think so many people don't have a good support system. And by support, it's it's having the people around you so that your business can thrive and keep you out of trouble. And yeah. insurance is a, a great example of it. You know, I, I read something the other day um, and I would love to give credit for it. I don't know if it was this was the exact phrase, but it's like treat your closest circle, you know, especially as a small business person, you have to think about this. Big business people, it's different. They have a board, they have all kinds of different things. But when you're starting out as a small business, mm -hmm. think of your top five people in this circle. Maybe that's your dad, maybe that's your mom, maybe that's your best friend, Joey the Nose, you know, what, whoever it is. Make sure those five people are strong. Make sure those five people are people you would put on your board, right? Because whether you like it or not, you're going to be bouncing information off them and they are going to be your board. So one of the things I tell people for, I, get, I coach a lot of entrepreneurs these days, mm -hmm. usually in ideation phase. And one of the things I tell them, who's your network? Who's your top five people right now before you start in business? Because that's your board. And if you're analyzing those people and they're out doing silly things and they want to go out partying and they want to do all these things, they're not for you. Find a better board. Find people that can help you, you know, with what you're going to need help right. with because you're going to bounce stress, ideas, everything else on them. And your support is going to come from mm -hmm. them. The, but one thing that I found is you have raving fans and you can't really include those raving fans in that group because they're always going to say what you're doing is great. Yeah. Um, they don't give you the feedback. You know, well, I don't think that you should do this um, because you're going to have some ramifications down the road. Or I, I like to say um, they don't say, you know, don't dress that way because you're not going to get the contract if you're dressing this way. Yeah. It's, it's those fine points that really help you develop your your business uh your raving fans they want to see you succeed but they shouldn't necessarily be on that that support network because they're going to say everything you do is great you are great but you need someone who's going to be objective play the devil's advocate so that you can think through things i agree 100 percent and you know, and that's why it's, it's really be honest with yourself in that five person, you know, circle, you know, get somebody in there that knows these things, you know, and get somebody in there that's not afraid to tell you the hard truth. And if it's somebody, you know, that's been there before, they're usually not going to have a hard time telling you the hard truth, you know, because right. they know better. Right. And so um, it's a, it's a necessary part of business, you know, and you can't, whatever these people are, they can't be the opposite. They can't be wanting to take you out all the time. They can't be, you know, like it's important to have that, especially in business too, like those people that are advocates for you, but it's important to know that they're your mom or whatever. And your mom's always going to believe in you, you know, right. and that's, you need that at times because it gets yes. difficult, you know, but at and the lonely. same point, realize <laughs> that that's, a person that's always going to believe in you, no matter what you're doing, you know, take the nicety and, uh, and then, and then get some good information on what the decision is. that mm -hmm. you're making. Because I, I always think of like the raving fans, that's your ego boost. You exactly. know, when you, when you're down and you just, you don't think that you can do it anymore, you go to them because they yeah. will pump your ego. But 
on the on the same same thing it's like you also need to have somebody who it will help you be hyper realistic about where you're going and how you do it i completely agree when i started i had so many people that believed that i couldn't do it i didn't have i don't recall very many people saying that you could i don't remember having a fan when i first started <laughs> and so i mean i'm digesting that and i think that is super important to have you know a little bit of both and i think your point is extremely valid i just didn't really come from there i had more people telling me i couldn't do it you know and so then uh i don't know that i had many people that really believed in me at the start maybe no um, one i want to i read even my dad he believed in me enough to like let's do this but he's like you know it's like when are you getting back to that doctor thing you know <laughs> like, how long are you going to do this business thing <laughs> it's just a fad it'll it'll pass in time yeah um yeah i don't want to say he didn't believe in me but there was never that you know you got this kind of thing and i that's not me talking about about my dad it's just not the way he is right so yeah I think I had the opposite um, experience where I didn't have people around me who were helping me be hyper realistic about, okay, so if you want to sell this, this little widget, how are you going to do it? How is it going to support you? Yeah. Um, yeah. So you need the, you really do need the balance. You, you totally do. And you want people to ask you the hard questions before you start, you know, right. we're, we're back in and I'm not used to, I've opened a bunch of companies and I'm not used to opening a company. This is our first startup. And so what's interesting about the entrepreneurial world, if you're watching this and you're new to it, we have all these uh, terminologies for things we've never defined. So we'll call a startup something and everybody in their mind will pop something different to me. Mm -hmm. A startup is basically you're starting something that's trying to be a big tech company. You know, that's kind of where, where I've, I've seen startups go mostly. Right. So we're working on our first big tech company right now, which means finally fundraising, you know, instead of bootstrapping. And, uh, and so that's a completely different world, right? We're getting a lot of feedback this time about things people don't like, right? Mm -hmm. And so, for instance, we've not really yet started to um, look for investment. We're more in the ideation phase. We've got the pitch deck together. We've got 85 business plan, page business plan put together. So I now reach out to my network and I talk to them about the idea and everything. And so we're having a real big trouble right now is I love our brand. Absolutely it speaks to me on every level, you know, like I love our brand and what I'm being told um, by people that would invest in the company. They hate the brand, absolutely hate the brand. And so this is the first time I don't have complete control of this. Right. So if I want an investor, do I change the brand? Do I try to somehow scrape together this and fund it myself so I can keep right. my brand? So it's the first time you have to hear these hard, hard things. And do you take that as somebody that has a lot of ex business experience now? And that's what gets tough too, because you can get uh, you can get a lot of business experience and feel you're right, and maybe you're not. I'm not positive I'm right on this. And uh, um, so you hear this, you know, kicking around your brand that you love, and do you take that advice or not? Especially if you feel like you're kind of selling out the business because you feel that's what the business should be. Right. So, and that's when it gets you know a little bit more difficult. Is like, do you take this advice? You know some stuff about business now. Mm -hmm. You know, like yeah. this, how does this land for you? You know, when you're first new, it's like you better listen because you don't know. If a financial guy's telling you to analyze your cost of goods and your revenue sources and you know things like that and forecast them and and decide if this thing has legs or not, do it right. right. If the if the marketing guy's telling you to look at the market that you're in, look at some competitors, do some competitive analysis on this, do it.
do it, right? They're going to tell you simple business fundamentals that you have to do to be successful and you're smart to do. Um, mm -hmm. And that I wish I would have done before I opened my first business. I just didn't know any better. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> but I mean, it also goes back to the trust, the trust that you have in these people around you. Yeah. And, that, um, and that's the sad thing about a new entrepreneur starting, especially if you're from a less than privileged background and that sort of stuff. You don't have that great aunt that started 16 companies, right? You know, right. like, who are you going to ask questions to about this? And, you know, like, let, I now have incredible people I can reach out to and get information from, you know, like my business school alone helped with that, you know, not only that, but my connections over the year working in a business like I worked in with mostly CEOs coming in the door, you know, and uh, mm -hmm. um, uh, that sort of thing. I have a tremendous network now. I can get really good information. So I would say when you're first starting, you won't have that same network. So you got to go out there and find it somehow. Right? right. So you believe that you're getting good information and you are getting good information, mm -hmm. you know? So team up with an insurance guy you feel is a really good dude that you meet, you know, like if you're in a church that you meet at church, you know, make mm -hmm. sure these people have good hearts for what you're doing too. And they're just not trying to sell insurance to you because you need an insurance guy that you can trust, you know? Right. Yeah. They have to be authentic and they have to really align with what you're doing or with you as a person. Totally. Yeah. Absolutely too. So yeah, because we need those connections really to build. Um, I think if we don't have the connections, we aren't able to really grow as you would want to, um, because you're doing it by yourself. I think life is all about connections. And I've done it. That, that's another mistake I've made. I'm trying to correct it to some extent. I've, uh, I've done a really good job of closing myself in and kind of trying to do everything myself. Kind of mm -hmm. me against the world, you know, or my employees <laughs> or my company against the world and putting blinders onto the, I didn't really mean to do that. I just would, so I would choose, you know, 80, hundred hour weeks at my business, as opposed to getting out there and networking. And I would say to you, it, it's important to put in the time when you need to put in the time, but networking can be so valuable. And uh, it's another mistake that I've made along the way, you know, like not um, taking the time to really develop that network, especially when you're first starting, if you can get involved with some business groups, if you can get involved with, uh, um, oh, uh, there's BMI, uh, which is a business group, you know, um, or, you know, accounting club or, you know, whatever yeah. you can be in, in, involved with, I think, or even charity stuff, you know, yeah. so um, there can, there's a lot of interesting people you can meet there, you know? And so, um, so yeah, I'd say if I had another mistake that I'd pinpoint right away of the millions, I would say, uh, make sure to do a better job networking than I did. And I think today there are so many ways that you can do in-person networking, but also there are tremendous groups, um, like Alignable that helps you, uh, and, um, just find other people who are like you or that you may need, but they also have mastermind groups that you can join. Uh, but once you take that one step forward, you never know what doors open. Oh, I couldn't agree more. I couldn't, couldn't have said it better. And that's what I would say too, before, if, if I'm poking and say a little bit on before you start your business, I just feel it's such an important part. But uh, so if you're already in business, I mean, this is all valuable stuff too, but get around the business that you're thinking about starting, right? Make sure it's the right one for you. Or if you're yeah. passionate about something, get involved with it a little bit, because, you know, if you immerse into something, you'll find out things are a lot different than you thought they were. Right. So, right. and I talk to a lot of business owners these days, and I don't want to scare people off, but they're like, 
you know, they have incredibly successful businesses. You know, I have a network of uh, entrepreneurs in my network these days that I'll talk to and they're like, I don't want to work in this company anymore. I don't want to do this, you know, but what am I going to do? Nobody's going to hire me. I'll have to just open another business starting from the ground up. So this is my lot in life. And I don't mean to say these people own millions and millions of dollar companies, you know, like they're, Mm -hmm. trust me, they're doing fine. You don't have to feel that bad for them. But (laughs) I mean, that's the other side of this and, and why I tell you to analyze the business before you start it. Because if you've been successful as an entrepreneur, your chance of getting a job again, it's small. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody wants to hire you. But the other thing is the payoff isn't as great for you in terms of personal satisfaction, the freedom to think about something and create it. Yeah. You don't get that with a with a job. Um, more people are trying to start their own businesses because I think that they want to make an impact and they can't do it in their current positions. And I love that that's a new turn of phrase in the world, you know, that we we are starting businesses now for the right reasons, right? So we can right. make it- on the world because even if your business just brings a lot of resources now especially that's why i'm so passionate about helping people that wouldn't generally get into businesses and i call it changing your stars and that's not mine that's somebody else's but change your stars because guess what you come with a heart from your neighborhood right Mm -hmm. a woman in business is going to get more women into business a minority in business is going to get my more minorities into business. Not only that, but they care for the neighborhood from which they came from. And nothing is more valuable than resources you can get through business. And that's why I'm saying, like, I'm hitting it so hard that if you can develop resources, you can make change. And if you come with a heart with that change, uh-huh. you, can, you can change things in the world. It, business can change the world. And that's what is so incredible about it, you know? Yes. Like, you can firsthandly change things by the resources or your business direct, you know, and that's what's so cool to me. It's mm-hmm. like being the modern day, you know, oh, I can't think of an analogy that's cool enough. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> being like, like able to, you know, like make an incredible difference in this world, you know, like right. the, the historical figures we read about, right? The good ones. Because you realize all humans have flaws and even the good ones had flaws if you really read deep into their history. So Yeah, they do. I mean, you've brought up some great points um, just about doing the research and knowing yourself before you start any business, because like, it really does take a lot of time and commitment. Are yeah. there what three tips would you like people to know um, as they're starting their business or thinking about starting a business? If they're in the, I call it the ideation phase, um, Mm -hmm. I would say read two books right away uh, in the ideation phase. And so I I almost, so I, like I said, I do a lot of helping uh, um, entrepreneurs these days. And so I've gotten to the point where I have a lot of steps that I talk about. And ideation is before you think about a business plan or anything else. This is Mm -hmm. the three steps, right? Read two books. And the books I want you to read are Mad Search for Meaning, which you already read. Mm -hmm. And I want you to put the business lens on that. Somebody like me that's been in business a long time, uh, I can think of nothing when I read that book but business, right? And I think about the mission being business. And then he talks about, you can't always, um, things are going to happen to you in life. You can only choose how you react. And that is business to a T, you know? But I've gone through robberies and fires and uh, lawsuits and all in months, you know, like all I can choose is how I react to that, right? It Mm -hmm. happens. I've got to deal with it, right? 
And so, and the good news is I get to come out of it with a story that hopefully helps some people. So the pain was worth it, you know? Yes. So read those two, uh, read Man's Search for Meaning, and then okay. also read um, How to Measure Your Life by Christensen. And he's a Harvard professor, um, and he puts a business scope on your life and how to, and he uses a lot of business lingo to explain basically having a valuable life, you know, and uh -huh. how you do that. And uh, he talks about morals in it. I love that book. And I think it's two things that'll help you analyze and box in your idea. Oh, and okay. also to be a good person and to build a good business, which I think that yeah. uh, it's worth doing. So that's, yeah. uh, that's first and foremost. Uh, then decide how big you want your business to be. You know, so some of the happiest business owners I know are solopreneurs. You know, these are people that do a little CPA stuff on the side or they do some marketing stuff on the side. They work from home. They don't have employees because employees is the hardest part. Hand <laughs> they don't have the brick and mortar, mortar overhead and that sort of stuff. Business right. gets a lot more complex when you go from solopreneur to the next step. Right. So I would really analyze where do you want your business to go and what do you want it to do for you? And it's okay to stay in that solopreneur step. And I would do that as long as you possibly can because they're the happiest business owners I know. Now, if you want to open a huge, huge business, now analyze that. If you're going to open a, a plumbing shop, that's great. I'm not saying anything bad about plumbing. Plumbing is an incredible industry to be in. But is that going to make you the next Bill Gates? It could, right? If you open franchises, if you do these sort of things. But is it as easily packaged as opening a software? No. Right. So really right. analyze where your goal is. Loftiest goal in life. Shoot for it. Will Smith's book. I just read that not too long ago. And I'm not usually a celebrity book reader, but uh -huh. he has some great stuff. Unbelievable stuff. And he talks about and I've all, I've kind of I did a uh, decision table on this because I'm kind of a nerd. How we make decisions and how those align to our mission. Right. Uh -huh. So choose your loftiest missions in life. And every decision you make can either step you towards that loftiest mission or away from it. And I'm talking even the little stuff, you know? And so goal alignment, basically. Defining and then aligning the goal. So that's all the mushy stuff. And then after you get past the mushy stuff, the soul searching, where you wanna be in the business, now you can get down to where you're looking into business plans, you're at least looking into the market, you're doing financial forecasts, you're choosing where your suppliers, all the smart work, right? All mm -hmm. the recon for the business, right? Ideation, recon, and then you finally have to step into it, you know? And so I actually like, I point, I coined this all out. I made uh, 21 steps to opening the start of business. Oh, I don't wow. sell this as a course or anything. I just try to get, I couldn't believe that it didn't, it wasn't out there, but I've opened enough businesses that I'm like, there's steps to this thing, right? And there's a way you have to think of the series of events. You know, it's like when you open an LLC, you're going to need certain things. When you, when there, there's a certain step, you want to open your domain and look into that. You know, you want to think around your brand because that's going to have something to do with your website. There's an order to all these things, right? Uh -huh. And an order when you're going to need them. And to, and I've made every mistake on them and I've screwed <laughs> up and had to rebuild them or, you know, whatever else that finally I'm able to just walk you through a chart on it. <laughs> you know? and, so, and so I try to do a lot these days since I uh, have a little bit more free time while I'm in between businesses, I try to just devote the majority of my time into helping other entrepreneurs. And that's not, I'm not selling a course. I'm not trying to do, this is just my way of like using some of the stuff that hurt really bad and mm -hmm. some of the suffering and having it mean something, right? It's not fun to live in Arizona in 140 degrees in a trailer. It's not fun to do that. It's yes. not fun to get sued. It's not fun to have people that don't appreciate you. You know, it's not fun to have lawsuits, but 
I learned so much from all these mistakes that now like it feels valuably that I just get to give them away to people that and it helps them with their business and maybe gives them a little step that I didn't have. Oh, great. You know, I, I wanted to um, um, find out more about your 21 steps for business. Um, yeah. So if you can give the give me a link to that so I can put it in the description so listeners can have get find out more information about that that would be great. Yeah, I uh so it's I have a blog now that I kind of just write these thoughts down that are in my head and uh -huh. uh, um hope that they help some people. Uh it's <laughs> com. So I and here's we all have things that are hard for us in life, right? Right. My biggest struggle and some of that could be the way I was raised. You know, I was raised by a, um, uh, a good man, but a guy that spent most of his life in prison. And I was really taught we don't share things, right? And so, um, and I'm analyzing this, you know, the last year or something, why I've been so afraid to share life and, you know, beyond things like this. This is my, like, easy for me to work 100 hour, uh, hours a week. That's no problem for me. Mm -hmm. I'll even live in a trailer and I don't care. You know, like, that's fine <laughs> with me. I'll work out 26 times a week to deal with the stress. That's easy sharing or anything along those natures has been tough so my name is tyler copenhaver heath my middle name is uriah tyler uriah was my entry into being really scared to put anything out there and mm -hmm. he's kind of like my pseudonym right he's me <laughs> <laughs> but my website is tyler uriah most of my social media stuff is tyler uriah um i didn't follow any of my friends on any of this stuff i just put it out there because i wanted to help people and i was afraid of uh, being out there. We actually turned down four reality shows in my business because I was so afraid of um, wow. you know, with people. But I, that's another mistake that I made, huge, huge mistake, uh, is if I would have embraced my business more, because if you had ever asked me about my company, I would have told you I worked there. You know, I would have mm -hmm. never, you know, very, towards the end, I started to embrace it more and get better with it. But as far as anybody knew, they thought some of my employees owned the place, you know? And I would tell you, oh. be humble in life. But don't mm -hmm. be humble about your business. It's a huge mistake I made, like probably the biggest mistake. I didn't embrace my business. How can I expect everybody else to embrace it if I won't, you know? Right. And how much would it have made my business easier to take a reality show? As much as it scared the, out of me, you know, mm -hmm. it would have made the business bigger. I have a heart for change. So I know it would have brought me more resources, you know, to, to make change, you know? And so, uh, so I would implore you, own your business, be the celebrity of your business, and don't be afraid to talk about your business. If people don't like to hear that from you, then they shouldn't be on your side anyways. And that was one of the hardest lessons for me. And so I'm the past year, I'm getting involved. I'm taking things like this. Thank you for having me on. You know, this is part of my fear, right? That I'm working on. We started a podcast that we hope is going to make a difference for bullied uh, kids, you know? And so this is my venturing into the uncomfort you know, the things that scare you because you should work on the things that scare you. So tyleruriah.com is where I have the 21 steps. I don't know if I'm going to admit this or not, um, but I've actually written a book on oh, it wow. too. Um, and I'm trying to decide, I, once again, I fear writing. I was a kid that was told that um, he was stupid growing up. And I think some of that still oh. deep in there, you know? And so I had to go out and get a degree in biochemistry and an MBA to prove him wrong. But uh, um I think I still struggle a little bit with writing. And so I fear this book immensely. 
Um, so I'm going to try to put more definition into the steps on my website. Eventually I might release the book if I can get some confidence up. (laughs) (laughs) It's been done for about a year. Uh, and it basically talks about the 21 steps and it tells, speaking of mistakes, it tells us a story of a mistake for each one of the 21 steps that cost me money, that cost me time, that cost me heartache, whatever. It was a mistake Uh I made on each of the 21 steps and how I learned from it, you know? And so, um, so yeah, there's that. Yeah, but you should least, definitely. I give you the 21 steps as a roadmap so you can see it all because I'm trying to take away some of the fear of business. Business is hard enough already. Right. So to the unknowns and the red tape and small business is getting its butt beat these days too, which is another thing I'm passionate about helping with. Well, Tyler, thank you for coming on Being Bold. And I want to thank everyone for listening to Being Bold. I'd love to hear from you. Uh, feel free to drop me an email at Cecilia at beingboldanddriven.com or message me at on Facebook or Twitter at Being Bold. Thank you, yeah. Tyler. Yeah, thank you much uh, for the time and bringing me on. I'm honored.